0: just keep preaching to yourself that God is going to show his, his glory through our kids. The ones that are high achievers, the ones that struggle, the ones that are atypical or have a a diagnosed disability. This is not a mistake and the world makes you feel like it's a mistake. Like it's something that we did wrong. And for so many disabilities, we just won't ever know the reasons why, but to not stay in those places, but to just keep believing that every single thing God wants to accomplish through your child, he's going to, because God's plans are not thwarted. His purposes will happen and they will happen for our precious children who see the world and live in the world differently. There's such a gift and it's not that it's not hard. I won't say that there aren't days that I still don't cry and that I still don't go, this isn't fair or I don't want this for him. I, I believe so much in a good God, in a big God. I believe one day that Cannon will be whole and that gives me a tremendous amount of hope. And in the meantime, to keep believing that he'll be okay.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Elise and you're listening to the Perfectly, Wonderfully Made podcast. I believe there's a God who so desperately wants you to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful you are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. I'm so glad you're here today. Whatever you've got going on, I have some encouraging stories for you. I pray these uplift you and give you hope for your day. Thanksgiving is on Thursday friends. We just have a few days left. I went to Fred Meyer today with my two children and believe it or not we actually survived. It took us a long time but we did it and we made it back home with all of our groceries. So food prep is going to begin this evening. It's so crazy to me. The holidays are among us. I know some of you probably already have Christmas decorations up and you are loving every single minute of this holiday season. In the Marsh family, we wait until after Thanksgiving. But the great part about Thanksgiving being early this year is that we get just a little bit longer to soak in these holidays. So, Christmas music is coming. I know holidays can be hard for many families, and you guys trust me, I get it, I really do. This Thanksgiving isn't going to be the easiest for me either, but I want to encourage you to spend some time as you food prep this week thinking about what you appreciate about those people in your lives. Okay, so here's the teacher in me coming out for just a few minutes, bear with me. But I have this little activity in my childbirth class. I call it five minutes of appreciation. Both partners sit quietly for five minutes and write down everything they appreciate about each other. Some of them may never have ever done anything like this before. Then we come back together as a class and each person gets to read their list one at a time to each other without being interrupted. Can I tell you guys, it's powerful. There's typically a lot of tears, the good kind, so don't worry. There's a lot of tissues going around that room. They're pregnant too, so I mean, you can't can't hold too much against them. I just don't think we tell each other how much we appreciate each other enough. My husband, Jeff, and I have been doing counseling together, and we could talk a whole lot about the benefits of counseling, but that's another podcast episode. I'll tell you guys, we start each session telling each other something we are grateful about the other person. It calms your brain down when you're able to take the time to be thankful. Your body actually has a physical response to hearing what others appreciate about you. Isn't that amazing? So you guys, this week, I know I'm giving you a little bit of a homework assignment, but take five minutes, set a timer on your phone, get quiet, hide in a closet, hide in your pantry. I talk on my phone in the pantry a lot as I hide for my children, but get quiet and write down everything you appreciate about your spouse or significant other this week and get a minute to read your list to each other. You could even put everything down on a sticky note and leave it somewhere around your house for them to find. I'll tell you right now, it's going to make their day. My guest on the show today is Katie Blackburn. Katie and I got to know each other as just little girls, actually. Our families were friends, and we spent many years going on family vacations together. We had a whole bunch of fun, tons of adventures, and I just remember looking up to Katie so much. She was just a little bit older than I was and was so, so cool, and I remember just thinking how much I wanted to be like her. And you know what, you guys, not a whole lot has changed since then. I have loved watching Katie become a mama and the amazing gift she has with words and writing. Katie is married to the love of her life, Alex, and has three babies: Harper, Cannon, and Jordy, which she'll talk about. She had her babies close together, you guys—three babies in three years. So you can you can just imagine what that life looks like. Some of you, I'm sure, can relate. And just about a year ago now, last October, her middle son Cannon was diagnosed with autism, and she so openly shares with us just how the Lord has shown up for her and brought her peace and grace uh, for this journey and this season that she is in. Katie is a instructor at a local, local college, a contributor at Coffee and Crumbs, the amazing podcast and blog, and they recently have together authored their very first book, The Magic of Motherhood. Katie also writes beautiful essays about her faith and family on her blog, Just Enough Brave. I can't wait for you guys to hear our conversation today. Here we go. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show and spending time with me and getting away and I just really appreciate you taking this.
0: I know it's hard. I know it's hard. Oh, Oh, Elise! No, I've got childcare going. This is fun. Okay, good. <laughs> this is a break. It is so fun to get to talk to you. Um, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know. I've been <laughs> I've been
1: really looking forward to this. So, tell everyone: Who are you? What does your life look like right now? What are you up mm-hmm. to these days? What does your family look like? We want to know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm Katie Blackburn. Which I think you know. Yes. <laughs> but um, I live in Spokane, Washington with my amazing husband, Alex, and um, our three little loves Harper is five, Cannon is three and a half, and Jordy is two. So we had three in three years, which is total chaos and total fun at the same time. Yes. I had a friend who just had her third
1: baby a few, well, she had him in August and she sent out this text message to a a group of, um, our friends and she goes, um, FYI, anyone thinking of having a third child, like don't do it. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, Cody, she goes, just kidding. It's amazing. And I actually love it, but it's kind of insane. So yeah, I
0: I think that most moms would be lying if we said we didn't have our moments where we felt that for a second. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I mean now that Jordy's two, they're a little bit older. You know, yeah. the two the two older ones can put their own shoes on. I mean, those are big milestones. Those are that you big get to milestones. As a mom of little ones, I feel so like two pretty is fun. pretty
1: amazing, though. Like I yeah. loved it when both my kids mm-hmm. turned two, and we're just just in the beginning mm-hmm. with Indiana. I'm like, oh, I love, I like this kid. Like actually, yeah. I
0: really like him. Actually, totally. <laughs> when they start getting opinions and telling you what they think, and yeah, yeah it's so fun. That's awesome. it's so fun. So I am mostly a stay-at-home mom to those three, but I'm also a writer and a teacher, and I teach um, one night a week at a small Christian college here in town, and I do writing um, in the margins of my day that I can find. I'm a contributor for the Coffee and Crumbs blog, and also have my own space that I share a lot of words with the world, so that's kind of my life. Yes, I love
1: I love, love everything that you write, Katie. It's pretty amazing.
0: Oh,
1: and we'll, we'll talk about really that. That's really I, I really do. I really do. I feel like it just kind of ministers to my heart. So way to go.
0: Thank you. Walking in That's your... really sweet. <laughs> I, I think
1: it's so important that women, we walk in our giftings and our callings and those things that the Lord has put in us because... I mean, it's just amazing. That's how God has called us to operate. And when you see women doing that, I always want to be the person that says, way to go. Good job. Keep Mm -hmm. doing that. Because I don't think people do. I think there's a lot of insecurities when we step out and and really do things that the Lord's put on our heart. So way to go,
0: Katie. Well, thank you. That's really sweet, Elise. Thank you. (laughs) You're
1: doing awesome. I love it. Okay. So your wife and a mama. So tell us, how did you meet
0: Alex? I want to know. Oh goodness! Well, Alex and I were introduced. Mm -hmm. I'm doing I'm doing air Air quotes quotes. here because (laughs) right because it was via the internet. Yes, you know the 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 Facebook. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but we were introduced to one another by my best friend Emily. I had met Emily as an undergraduate student at Arizona State, and I was actually at the time in graduate school at Penn State. And Alex was in the middle of a one-year deployment with the Air Force to Iraq. So, right, you know, perfect time to meet somebody, right? (laughs) But Emily knew Alex from childhood. They grew up as family friends. And I wasn't exactly enjoying a robust dating life out (laughs) in Pennsylvania, And so she called me one day and said, Katie, I found you a husband. Awesome. Like, oh, thanks, Emily. Okay, um, tell me more. But I reluctantly said, okay, I'll talk to him. Fine. Mostly just to appease my friend. But then um, he emailed me from Iraq. And I got to tell you, at least I was pretty smitten right away. He was just really honest and really humble right away. Mm. That came through in the very first email. And those are still two of the qualities that I love most about him. That is just truly who he is. So we met in person for the first time when he was on a short R&R break Mm -hmm. um, during his deployment. Um, And then he went back to Iraq and we used Skype and email to get to know one another for the next six months or so. Wow. What was that like? Some people love it. Some people hate it. uh, We kind of loved it, to be honest. I mean, it's definitely long distance is hard. Mm Mm-hmm there were things about it. Like I just wanted to hang out with him. I just wanted to give him a hug or hold his hand or things like that, that were really hard. But when you, when the only way to get to know somebody is to just truly talk to them. Yeah. It does help you get to deep places pretty quickly Mm -hmm. because we couldn't, if we had an hour together, like on Skype, we weren't going to watch a watch a movie. We were going to talk.
1: Yeah. That's a little awkward trying to watch a movie like together via Skype. Right?
0: Right? There was no kind of dating. It was just talking and getting Mm -hmm. to know one another. And we played this silly game where I would ask him three questions in the email and then he would answer them and then ask me three more. And then we went back and forth for months doing that. And they were kind of silly, kind of serious questions. Uh But we knew a lot about each other six months in. We knew a lot. And then he came home from Iraq and had a few months left in the military, and I kind of took a chance, and I finished graduate school, and then took a chance yeah. and mo- moved to Spokane, and got a job here, and waited for him to come home, and then wow. we got en- we got engaged a few months later, and married the next year. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome.
1: That's pretty cool yeah. story. Did you date a lot mm-hmm. before Alex, or was he kind of like your your main man?
0: At oh, least <laughs> this could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, not, no, not so much. I didn't really know how to date. I'll yeah. just leave it at that. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay.
1: I didn't either. So I was just oh, a yeah. failure as
0: a dater. No, oh, yeah. No, I think God was just, just saying it's okay, Katie. It's I'll, okay. Just, I'll just bring you the right one. I love and then that.
1: You'll know. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Okay. Yeah. So at what point kind of in your marriage, did you guys start having the like
0: baby conversation? Well, we, um, pretty early on, I was 26 when Alex and I got married. So I was feeling kind of ready, you know, for babies at that point, we weren't going to have babies right away though, because Alex was still finishing nursing school. Okay. But, um, we did get pregnant eight months after, after we got married. So that was like pretty quick. It's very quick. I mean, it was was very quick. I mean, we look back now and and it's, it's great. It's wonderful. We sure love our family, but we don't really remember life without kids. Like we don't remember a newlywed stage and that's okay. That's just the, um, the story. Um, but we got pregnant with Harper in the spring of 2012. So, and then after that, after we had Harper, we kind of just decided, well, let's just we didn't do anything to prevent pregnancies until <laughs> until we felt done we just decided we're fine with the timing at this point i mean mm-hmm. i had was already had already quit my job and was yeah. staying home and we were fi- we'd figured out how to make it work financially and mm-hmm. um so we just that's why we had two more pretty quickly cuz we didn't we didn't prevent yeah. in any way yeah. after that <laughs> and you're really
1: fertile after you have a baby like did you know I mean, that? I mean, because I, I, most people are. I actually are.
0: Didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that, but it makes sense. Yeah, you really are, actually.
1: <laughs> Your body's like, I know how to do this. I remember. Let's just let's right. do this. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> okay, so how long have you and Alex been married? Um, just over six years. Oh, Awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: so exciting. So, you yeah. were getting married when I was having Monroe. I think that's about the timing because we've been married about seven years. So, mm-hmm. but you have yep. an extra kid in there. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So
0: cool. Okay. So, what was your birth like with Har- Harper? Well, I can say, looking back at my birth with Harper, that I was, I went into that whole experience very overconfident. Was... <laughs> very overconfident. Uh, oh, completely. I took zero birth classes. I asked zero people for advice, got zero help. I, I did read one book. Oh, good for you. On birth. Yeah. And that was it. I, they would hand, they would hand me literature for classes. And I was like, I, you want me to go spend an entire Saturday? Yeah, I know. Come on. I had such a cocky attitude about it because I was an athlete in college and I've had like a dozen surgeries in my life. So I essentially thought I am tough. I'm tough enough to handle anything. Mm -hmm. And my mom had three natural births. How hard can this be? I mean, my mom did it. Right. So that was truly my mindset was my mom did it. So could I. So my water broke at like eight o'clock at night with Harper. And I was really thought at that point, I'm just going to go in and have a baby. No pain medicine. This is not going to be that bad. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) I got this. But, um, I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I do now three births later, but contractions before your water breaks and contractions after are kind of different. They're a whole lot more intense. So my water broke at 8 PM and I had not, been having any contractions up to that point. It just water broke. Yeah, But um, labor was pretty intense from the beginning. And we went into the hospital and I spent eight hours having no clue what I was doing. No clue how to relax. No clue. Here's my husband and I, my husband is wonderful and super sweet, but we were both just like (laughs) lost, lost puppies. And um, we had a, the nurse who was trying to tell me to breathe and I'm like, I am breathing. <laughs> this, is, this is not fun. So I basically spent eight hours miserable. Yeah. And, um, then they came in and checked me and I had progressed from a three to a four in eight hours and I was just so defeated. I'm like, Aww. okay, if that's how long this is taking. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and get that epidural. So I begged for it. They brought it in. Yeah. And then Harper was born like, um, 10 hours later. It was about almost 18 hours for her. That's pretty good Um, actually for Mm her first baby. That's actually really great. I know. I hear, I heard this, (laughs) but you don't believe it. You just think you're going to be the exception. No, it'll be fast. You know, it won't be that bad. Yeah. But she was born six, six pounds, healthy, beautiful girl. That's awesome. So yeah, that's That's Harper's story. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. So how yeah. was
1: postpartum with Harper? Mm-hmm. First time mom.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to figure all that out. I mean, honestly, Elise, pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. She was a good baby. Um, she nursed really well right from the beginning. We didn't have any trouble. We were really lucky. It was good. It was pretty – I have, like, my memories of that are pretty blissful for the most part. That's awesome.
1: She's a little shining star still to this day. I love, oh my gosh, I love her little no, personality. That-
0: a shining star. I feel like that's a very nice way to say diva. But it's it's fine. It's okay. She's pretty fun. She's pretty fun. She's yeah. So she loves awesome. being on any stage and having anyone's attention. Yeah. At
1: any time. So I
0: feel like that's like most kids, like mm-hmm. her age though too.
1: So Yeah. For sure. I mean, I know we do a lot of shows in our house. We put on a lot of shows um, mm-hmm. on the stage. And we have talents and acts and singing and dancing. And we have a yep. lot of that in our house. Yep. Watch me do this, yep. mom. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you weren't preventing anything. No birth control, really, before you got pregnant with Cannon. So how Mm-mm. how old was Harper when you got pregnant with Cannon?
0: So she was... About eight months old when I got pregnant so with Cannon. So tell yeah. me, like,
1: what were your emotions like when you found out you were pregnant mm-hmm. and you had an
0: eight-month-old? Were you, yeah, like, was... um, you were cool with it? Totally cool with it. We were excited. Honestly, we kind of joked that, like, I feel like six – between six months and a year old, babies kind of, like, lure you into this false sense of how easy it is to be a parent. <laughs> because it's not that it's, it's, not that it's easy – you still have to be vigilant and you're mm-hmm. still watching them. But, um, Harper was like sitting, sitting up, but not crawling, so, yeah. but she would sit contently with toys around right, her, like in the bumbo, in the bumbo. She was eating, still nursing really well. Um, for the most part, sleeping eight, nine hours at a time, not talking yet, not talking back yet. <laughs> um, all, all these things It just like, I mean. Sort of like my attitude with labor and delivery. How yeah. hard can this be, <laughs> right? This be? Let's just have another one, babe. It's yeah. not that bad. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yes. Yeah, so, but we were excited. That's mm-hmm.
1: awesome. What was your uh, birth like with Canon? So, second time around.
0: Yeah, second time around, I just decided that labor was really, actually, really hard and I didn't want to try. Any, to do it without pain medicine this time. So I don't know. I don't know why looking back, I don't know what my influences were at the time, but I just didn't, I was like, nah, I'm just going to go in and get the epidural this time. I gave it a good, I gave it a good go once, which will change completely with, with Jordi's birth story, but we'll get there <laughs> next. But I went in for my 39 week appointment with Canon and I was already four centimeters dilated. Yeah. Your body's like, I got this. I got this right. And I was fully effaced, not having a ton of contractions, but some, yeah, not in active labor, but the doctor checked me and was like, Whoa, I mean, you're totally, you're ready and you're four centimeters dilated. So if you want to just walk across the street to the hospital, um, we can break, we can break your water and have a baby tonight. And he, I loved my doctor so much and he was on call that night. So I said, sure, let me just text my husband because he's taking a nursing final right now. (laughs) So So that might not work out so well. We should probably wait for him (laughs) (laughs) to be done. I, so I did. I mean, we were we were ready. Yeah. And I just texted him. Luckily, um, Gonzaga University, where he went to nursing school, was just right down the road from the hospital. So I texted him and said, "Hey, when you're done, come on up to the hospital so we can have a baby." <laughs> That's and awesome. He did. So I went. I had like a 9 a.m. appointment. I got to the hospital at noon, and they broke my water at one. And Cannon was born at five o'clock yeah. that day. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It was pretty quick.
1: That's so nice. Yeah. So in postpartum was good with Canon adjusting to two. Yeah. Adjusting to
0: two is hard. I feel like for me, at least that was the hardest adjustment. Just going from one kid to two kids was a challenge. Yeah. Having to divide yourself for the first time when you're yeah. used to your child, you're used to your little one getting all of you. Yeah. And then only getting some of you and, Harper was only 17 months old. So yeah. She's still really little and still needed a lot from me. And I remember just feeling like kind of isolated. Like I mm-hmm. can't go a lot of places. How do I go to the park with right. a baby and a 17 month old that still needs my help to climb on everything? What if Canada starts crying and needs to nurse? And yeah. just, I mean, you kind of learn how to move into all those logistical things and you can handle it. But the first couple weeks and months were, they're hard. That's a hard adjustment. Yeah. Oh, so hard. Mm -hmm. I remember
1: just feeling like so blown out of the water. Like, Oh gosh, this is way
0: hotter than I thought it was going to be. This stuff just got real. Yeah. (laughs) So fast. Yeah. And the first time they both that you have two kids sick at the same Mm -hmm. time, that's so hard. Yeah. And yeah, the first time they're both screaming at the store at the same time. And you're in public and you're just trying to get some diapers and, it, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah. It's hard. Dealing with one is hard. But when you have two, you're like, I can't manage this all. What do I do here? Yeah. So, so crazy. Yeah. So how old yeah. was
1: Cannon when you guys started um, or when you
0: got pregnant with Jordy? So Cannon was then about 10, 10 months old. So a little bit older. A little bit older. yet yeah, Because Jordy and Cannon are 19 That's months apart. apart. Yes, a little bit. Mm-hmm. We had a little more space. A little bit more. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably not super noticeable. I mean, no, it didn't feel like a no. time, but
1: <laughs> no. Okay. So going into your third
0: labor, what, yes. what were you thinking? At least everything changed with the third one, probably because I was pretty sure it was going to be my, our last. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I had had some other really close friends who, you know, between my um, delivery with Canon and then being pregnant with Jordy, who had had these just really beautiful, natural births. Mm-hmm. I, I am certainly just like you, Elise. I am definitely in the camp of there's not one right way yeah. to have a baby. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't even about that. But I just, I got kind of motivated again. Like, if this is our last baby, I really want to try to do it naturally. Just... I mean, it was probably pride more than anything. <laughs> like, I want to do this. Like, the athlete in me came out. Like, yeah. I want the I want a challenge that I can, can you can know conquer. Accomplish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I also knew to take it a little. At least my preparation to take it a little more seriously yeah. this time. And so, because I'm kind of
1: surprised by that. If you had yeah. this easy, you know, pretty straightforward you know, second birth with you had an epidural, you walked in, you got your bag Uh broke and, you know, you Uh had a baby a few hours later. I'm kind of surprised that you were, you had a kind of change change of heart
0: essentially. Yeah, I am too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I don't fully know where it came from other than probably just hearing these really beautiful stories from other friends. So a friend had recommended a doula that she had. And so I got in touch with her and had coffee with her, loved her immediately and said, okay, let's, let's do this. Yeah. And that was such a good decision for me because she was such a huge part of Jordy's birth. That's awesome. um, And just such a good support. But my, even my, um, being in labor with Jordy was mm-hmm. different from, from the beginning. I still, some contractions. I had had two false starts with him. Yeah. Everyone told me, you know, with your third baby, it's probably going to go pretty quick. So be paying close attention. So I, I really was paying attention. Like, okay, this is it. It's, it's going to come fast. I'm ready. And then after three hours it would stop. And so that had happened to me twice the week leading up to his birth.
1: Which is so normal. Third baby.
0: Totally. Totally. And I was also on 38 weeks. So it was two weeks early with Jordy. But then, um, it was a Sunday night and we were at home group and I was having contractions pretty consistently. But also after, you know, the two kind of crying wolf moments yeah. I had had before I wasn't I wasn't thinking much of anything. They progressed and were pretty steady all night long and so about midnight I started timing things and they were fifteen minutes apart, so enough that I could like try to was still trying to sleep a little yeah. bit, but you're not really fully sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then I got up at 6 a.m. and they everything stopped, Elise. Mm. Everything stopped. And I was so defeated Aww. at that point. Like, you know, at 38 weeks pregnant, you're so tired yeah. anyways. And you have two kids. <laughs> and I had two little kids. And you're just you're thankful to be pregnant and thankful to have a healthy full-term baby. But you really don't want to be pregnant anymore right. either. You know? Yeah. and So I just – I was so defeated and so emotional. But – I, I got up out of bed and did what I do when mm-hmm. I feel that emotional. And I wrote an essay oh, that's and, awesome. um, just prayed this really like sincere prayer of surrender to God.
1: Yeah.
0: My heart just felt by 7am. I felt at rest again, Yeah, totally at rest. And I played with my kids and I just, I remember feeling so content, like, okay, this, it's not today. That's fine. Lord, he's going to come. Yeah. Nobody in history has ever been pregnant forever. <laughs> this it's, is true. Right? It will end. So it will end. And then about noon, the contractions started again. Yeah. It just started getting stronger and stronger. And about three or four o'clock, I texted with my doula and I had been keeping her updated, mm-hmm. you know, through the through the night and through the day. And um, they were about 10 minutes apart at that point. And she was like, okay, you know, this has been basically... Almost 24 hours. Yeah. Um, it's enough consistency for me that I think I want you to drink as more water than you ever drank in your life, basically. Yeah. So if you, if, if you're not going to the bathroom every 30 minutes, you're not drinking enough water, right. Katie. So yeah. drink as much water as you can and then go ahead and head to the hospital. Yeah. So I kind of hemmed and hawed at home a bit because I was right. like, yeah, they're not, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's, it's just probably not it. They're probably going to send me home. We did. I drank all that water. I which was helping for sure it, me feel the contractions yeah. keep coming and we went to the hospital finally, like two hours later, and I was eight centimeters dilated. Katie when they checked me and I thought, No way. We're really doing this. Yes. We're doing We're this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> totally. So when you're on your third baby, and you show up eight centimeters dilated, okay. they don't play. No, oh no. They, Let's do. They this. had that. Yeah. They had that room prep for delivery in about five minutes. Yeah. And then my water broke, and I had a baby like just over an hour later. That was it. Was the hard, but beautiful natural natural delivery awesome. that I had always wanted, and. It was amazing. All my labors and deliveries were great and amazing and having a baby on your chest at the end of it. Yeah, so good. It is is so great, but I will say that having had two epidurals and one natural labor. It is like amazing to be able to pee right after you have a baby. <laughs> yeah. And I'm truly, I mean just things like that that you don't when you have an epidural. Yeah. You you don't get that. And mm-hmm. I was like walk in and went to the bathroom and so, I mean... It- it, it ultimately, all three are, we're here and wonderful, but that's awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm really happy for
0: you that you
1: that you got
0: that. That's
1: so awesome. I,
0: I got that. I got, the, I got it. I, it was a marathon that I'll never run. That was <laughs> <of> my marathon. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think I loved what you said about surrender because that is, I, I know I spend a lot of time even with my clients talking about that surrender piece um, because early labor is always about surrender. It is because you can't will yourself into active labor no matter how hard you try. I mean, I just was having a conversation with... Uh, one of my, I call her my doula sister, but we have a lot of those. And talking about uh, just uh, some of our clients together and and what their labor was like, and and she was trying to will herself into labor, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Girl, this is not going to happen for you. You have to let that go uh, because you can't yeah. you can't do that." So I think that's a that's a really awesome that you were able to just work that out on your own,
0: because yeah. not
1: everyone is able mm-hmm. to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, with God's help for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, I think my body relaxed enough yeah. for the next six hours at that point. Yeah, that then then Jordy was ready because yeah. you're right. You can't will it, and no. and you want to so bad. Yeah, you want to do everything you can. Um, but going in then to labor, being that relaxed and that that confident that my body knew what mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, was, was everything. A, the, was everything yeah mm-hmm. that's so awesome
1: yeah I'm tell our listeners how that transition to three kids has been as you're mm-hmm. managing this with your husband and your relationship is changing and what is that mm-hmm. what does that season look like for you in your marriage
0: gosh three kids is a lot of kids especially when they're little yeah it was it was still a really a beautiful transition for me personally. It was easier than one to two because you're already juggling and already divided. And so Jordy just kind of joined the party and
1: yeah, he's like along for the ride.
0: He's along for the ride. He went everywhere we went and just, yeah, he was a good baby. That's awesome. um, From the beginning. And so it really was besides the sleep deprived newborn stages, which are hard and, I don't I don't know about anybody else but when my husband and I with all three of our kids those first weeks between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. we tend to fight more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like we did have to make a rule that like nothing we say in those hours counts. Yeah. Okay? By morning just forget it. I like that rule. But I mean right there are there, you have to work through those seasons for sure but for the most part we had good transitions each time adding to our family. I love it. Yeah. This is a lot about
1: you guys and your relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord and, and together mm-hmm. and how you're able to work together. That's because not everyone can do that. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. amazing, Katie. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks.
0: I have a, I have a super selfless husband. <laughs> that He is. I, I could totally so, see that in him. He is. Yeah. So when I say we were fighting, it was probably mostly me yelling at him. <laughs> And him being really humble about it. so <laughs> Yeah. I think I fall into that camp as well.
1: It's mostly me yeah. and Jeff's just patience right? out the door. So uh-huh. that's awesome. So okay. So your second son, Cannon, has recently been diagnosed with autism. Yes. I could say recently. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, it's been or a year. Well, been a year. It's been just over a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how has that – I know you write a mm-hmm. lot about that mm-hmm. journey with autism and just where it's taking you what has how has that changed your family or has there even been a change
0: mm-hmm. does that make sense oh yeah definitely and i mean t- to answer your question yeah it, it has changed yeah. it's changed it's changed a lot he was diagnosed with autism too it, back in october of 2016 you know we were very aware of canons the developmental delays that he had from about 12 months on, we started Mm -hmm. noticing things. And I think, you know, God kind of blessed my husband and I with, and and this is a gift um, to be on the same page as your spouse when it comes to special needs, because with something like autism that looks really different with all different kids and can show up for some kids early for some kids, not until later, Mm -hmm. it's hard on a marriage. Because so often and I still hear this really often, you have one parent saying, He's fine, he's fine, give him more time. Uh, sure. And another parent saying, No, he's not fine, he's not fine, and then they often switch places. Yeah. And and it's not that Alex and I didn't have any moments like that, but we both saw that he was missing some pretty significant mm. milestones. We started with speech therapy when he was eighteen months old because he didn't have any words and very few sounds even. Mm. 18 months old is young and some people even will say, well, my 18 month old isn't talking and should they be? And no, not necessarily, but there's, it was Canon's lack of sounds and babbling was, was pretty clear at 18 months old. So, um, started speech therapy and then uh, by two years old, it was pretty clear that he was, he was, he was not responding to his name. He was disinterested in people. And he had a lot of strengths too. a lot of things that, you know, you might look at and say, well, autistic kids don't do that. And autistic kids don't do that, which we've since learned that that's not a thing. (laughs) You don't do that. Uh, No, I mean, autism is just different for everybody. So there's no way to say they do or don't do certain things. Um, But he was diagnosed at just over two. And it, I mean, it changed everything just in terms of, Yeah. We had to learn how to be a special needs family. We had to, um, his therapy schedule is really intense. It's five days a week and we do it with him one of my husband or I do it with him. Um, so it's, it's a huge time commitment. It's an enormous financial commitment.
1: Yeah. I can only imagine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's a lot, but also just You know, the dreams that you have for what your family is going to look like change. You start wondering, are we ever going to be a family that can go to Disneyland?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I have to take my kids to all different schools. Do I need to homeschool him? Well, just, you know, we all enter the journey of motherhood with an idea of what it's going to look like. Right. And that changes quite a bit with special needs and you know, your marriage goes through a really tender season. You're both tight. You're both tired and easily offended and you have to work through that. Yeah. Was there anything
1: that really helped you and Alex stay on the same page?
0: The grace of God. (laughs) I mean, practically we, we sought out counsel pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. With our, with our pastor and we read, a book together called The Life We Never Expected mm-hmm. which is by um Andrew and Rachel Wilson and they have two children on the autism spectrum but they love Jesus they're so gospel centered and that book was we reading that together with Alex was so good for us mm, that's awesome um and gave us a lot of hope too yeah um so that helped and then just prayer Pro prayer, pro prayer, and being able to cry in front of each other. And Alex, for me, writing, being honest and sharing that. And Alex reads everything I write and Mm -hmm. would always validate it. And sometimes my writing was what we were both feeling. And so we could, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about an essay I had written and pray about it before I ever hit publish on it and having good friends and good community around us. That's been so awesome. Mm -hmm. What's been
1: maybe something that's been the most unexpected about you know having the
0: your son with special needs? Uh, I, honestly, Elise, I think the most unexpected thing for me is how much it changed my faith. Hmm. You know, when your when your view of who God is kind of gets pushed around, yeah, um, by your circumstances. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> pushed around. I can... Yes, it does. Yeah. It kind of it it pushes around a. Fa- um, A a small view of God, but coming out on the other side of that, it makes him so much bigger Mm -hmm. and so much more real. Yeah. You know, this, that, that for the whole first, you know, six months to a year of canons of realizing this is autism. We're looking at of pursuing a diagnosis. Mm hmm making all the changes and getting him used to therapy schedules and figuring out how we're going to pay for it. That whole first year is just hyper emotional, hyper fragile. We kind of call that our wilderness year. Yeah. Like Lord, nothing here makes sense. It's, it's too hard. We don't, we don't love this place you've brought us, you know, please take us out. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Please take us out of here. But you know, it's when you're in the wilderness that you have no nothing to grab onto, but God, yeah, nothing else makes sense except his character and accept his promises and accept his assurance that he will use all things in all ways for his glory. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in John nine, the, the story of the blind man that, um, Jesus ultimately heals, but before he heals him, the disciples see him and they say, you know, Lord, Why is this man blind? Was it him who sinned or his parents who sinned that caused him to be blind? And Jesus just responds, it's not his sin. It's not his parents' sin. It's nobody's fault that he's blind, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Mm -hmm. And that line is just so, it's so paramount to all that we do in thinking about canon. And that's our prayer all the time, that no matter what, no matter what he's able to achieve or not achieve, But that the works of God might be displayed in Canon's life in just a crazy, profound way. And already that is true of me and Alex and our Mm -hmm. faith and our marriage and our family. The works of God have been displayed to us in crazy, beautiful ways.
1: Yeah, they, they really have. I have loved to see the mm-hmm. Lord just really use you to be a voice of hope and mm-hmm. um, to encourage other women to, you know, keep pressing in, in, in whatever their season may look like, because I think we all have mm-hmm. different seasons and challenges, but that the Lord's going to use whatever it is that's yours um, mm-hmm. to keep, you know, bringing glory to his name. So that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, thanks. That's awesome.
1: How do Hmm. Harper and Jordy – I know Jordy's too. So he's probably Uh – less affected i i mean i don't know i would imagine um by kind of this shift in your family and and what your mm-hmm. your family looks like how do you navigate some of those conversations with harper because i can i mean i can only imagine i know the things monroe asked me and i'm like oh that's a
0: really hard question i don't know what i'm going to say to that seriously five-year-olds ask the best question <laughs> <They> do um, <laughs> they do yeah um You know, Harper is, she's a great big sister. And they, they, all three of the kids have a pretty sweet sibling relationship. Yeah. Cannon is my quiet, sweet, mellow boy. And Harper and Jordy are like my kamikaze, crazy, (laughs) loud kids. So the Lord kind of sandwiched Cannon. Right in the middle. uh, You know, right in the middle. But, um, But they're really great siblings for him. And We have, we have not necessarily told Harper, like, you know, your brother has autism and that means this, this, and this. I think we will eventually. We're not hiding anything from her, but what we, how we have explained it to her is just Harper Cannon learns differently than you do. And he learns, he learns differently than a lot of kids do. And he's still searching for his words and we're going to keep praying for him and praying that he keeps learning new ones Mm -hmm. and you can pray for him and you can help him. And Canon is just gonna do things differently and maybe slower. Yeah. Than than you do. And, you know, the first time Harper even said something is when Geordie started talking. Because oh. you know, Geordie's nineteen months younger than Canon and Geordie talks a lot at two. Yeah. And she said, Geordie talks and Canon doesn't. Mm. And I that's when I just had to say, yep, you know, that's Canon just learns differently you're such a good sister and you just keep teaching him. And she goes, okay, mom, I will. Oh, I love that. Give, give that girl a mission and she's on it. And whenever Canon, you know, does say a word that she's trying to teach him or do something, she celebrates him like crazy. So she's going to be such an advocate for him. She really is. Yeah, she is.
1: That's amazing. Do you have any words of encouragement for mamas out there who have special needs kids or Mm -hmm. maybe, atypical kids or, you know, kids who maybe just learn differently, like your like Mm -hmm. Canon does.
0: You know, my biggest encouragement is just to just keep preaching to yourself that this is how God is going to show his, his glory through our kids. Mm. The ones that are high achievers, the ones that struggle, the ones that are atypical or have a, a diagnosed disability. This is not a mistake. Yeah and the world makes you feel like it's a mistake like it's something that we did wrong and for so many disabilities we just won't ever know the yeah. reasons why and but to not stay in those places but to just keep believing that every single thing god wants to accomplish through your child he's going to because mm-hmm. god's plans are not thwarted yeah his his purposes will will happen and they will happen for our precious children who see the world and live in the world differently. They're such a gift. And it's not that it's not hard. I I'm not gonna I won't say that there's aren't there aren't days that I still don't cry and that I still don't go, This isn't fair, or mm. I don't want this for him. But I I believe so much in a good God. Yeah. In a big God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I believe one day that canon will be whole. Yeah. You know, and that gives me a tremendous amount of hope. And in the meantime, to keep believing that he'll be, he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You don't lose anything by having hope that your child will improve. Yeah. That with lots of therapy, he'll get better. That with, you know, healthy diets and, um, a lot of discipline and a lot of hard work that he will, he or she will get better. Yeah. And we, we believe that and we, we don't, we're not irrational or (laughs) anything like that, but we, we work really hard with Canon. And when we see how far he's come in 18 months to today, it gives just a lot of evidence to keep being hopeful that in another 18 months, he'll do more and he'll, Mm -hmm. he'll be able to demonstrate more learning and demonstrate all these things that 18 months ago, he wasn't. Yeah. So Yeah. So so to have hope, don't, don't let anyone tell you that you can't have hope.
1: Yeah. That's so Mm -hmm. good. You're just such a beautiful example of that too, Katie. That's awesome. Thank you, Elise. I love that. Mm -hmm. What do you think the Lord's really trying to teach you in this season, Um, in this, you know, time of your life? You're a mama and you've got, you know, a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you wear, (laughs) I think you wear a lot of hats. I think you're one of those people who just does a lot of things really well. That's nice. Um, Yeah, I really do. You're (laughs) awesome. Um, But what do you feel like the Lord's really trying to teach you in this season of your life?
0: Oh, you know, Elise, I mean, it's simple, but it's the truth (laughs) just to be smaller. Yeah. Smaller, smaller, smaller all the time. Um, That's the consistent lesson of my life is that the less there is of me, the more there is of him. Yeah. So smaller, even when it comes to parenting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and when I say that, when I say get smaller, that means like releasing. Yeah. This does not, it does not depend on me. It is not all about my effort. Yes. I am going to steward these kids to the best of my ability every single day, but I'm not going to micromanage their lives so much. I'm going to pray like crazy yeah. that God would, God would help me raise them up the way he wants me to do it. Not that it not so that they make me look good, not so that I can take a cute picture for Instagram, yeah. not so that I can have a really good essay to write, but so, so that they become kids who are so humbled by the grace of God. Yeah. And it takes not more of me, but less of me to do that and yeah. more of God. Yeah. I
1: I love that. It's like James Four, you know, God gives grace to the humble and I just mm-hmm. read that this morning. So that's so awesome and timely and and yes. I think the Lord's just so faithful to give you grace to get through your season or your trial or your circumstance mm-hmm. when we humble ourselves and say, God, you know, I, I just can't do this. So that's awesome. That's a great lesson for for yourself, but also for me. I mean, like, I, I will totally <laughs>
0: be like, <laughs> that's
1: awesome. You're preaching to me, too. So that's really awesome. I love that, Katie. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. What's uh, one thing or two things or three things that really mm-hmm. make you a better mama?
0: Oh man. Okay. I'll start with the the serious one and then I'll go I'll and I'll I'll get a little bit lighter at the end. Because we, we all need a little luxury in our life, yes, right? We but do. um <laughs> but honestly, at least for me, I think the thing that makes me it helps me be a better mom is and I don't I know what people are gonna think when they hear this, that it's another <laughs> thing to do, but it is it's truly it's being in God's word. Yeah. I mean, um, reading good words or listening to good podcasts, being part of a solid community where we, we can be honest with each other, those are all so important. But God's word is kind of needs to be the yeah. biggest influence
1: yeah.
0: of, of my life. I've, I've learned as I've gotten older to be really careful, you know, with what I let in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I remember when I, you know, early on in motherhood, I would be nursing Harper and watching the Real Housewives of Orange <laughs> County or the Kardashians and scrolling through social media Um yeah. and truly, truly no judgment. If anyone watches those, no judgment. I enjoy a little housewife fight every now and then too, but <laughs> I was spending a lot of my downtime filling it with, you know, with things like that. And then mm-hmm. I, I kind of was always feeling depleted. Yeah. And realizing that I'm basically more or less filling filling a lot of my life with not 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 the greatest quality, sure of influences and things, and then I'm expecting to operate at full speed with graciousness and patience and humility right, but I'm not giving my heart what it needs to operate that way. It just wasn't working, so yeah. when I kind of started taking you know, more seriously, that responsibility that I am responsible for what I take in. Right. Um, it just goes back to that old adage that we tell our kids, be careful little eyes, what you see, yeah. right. Or be careful little be ears, ears, what, what you hear. hear that matters to a mom so much. Yeah, it, it was changing, changing what I let in and how much of it I let in. And again, it's not a legalistic. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. But it's, it's, it's what's the, what's the kind of balance. Right. And what's that going to do for you? What's that going to do do for me? Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Lest I sound like some, you know, holier than thou person. (laughs) I probably, I probably should admit that I totally still watch Teen Mom 2 sometimes. (laughs) I, I've been watching that for a long time. So I feel invested in the stories of these girls. You're connected. (laughs) They have a relationship with you. Right. And sometimes I watch and go, Katie, you should not be watching this. Why are you watching this? <laughs> anyways. But, but it is a balance. It is. Yeah. It is. If God's word is filling our hearts the most, that comes out in how I parent. Mm-hmm. It just does. Yeah. So anyway, so that, and then on the lighter side, of course, we all need a, like a good hour or so at a coffee shop every oh, once yeah. in a while. And I'm not kidding, Elise. When I go have a couple hours by myself at a coffee shop to read or write, I come home, I'm like, I missed you, kids. Yeah, I, I know. I love you. But before those couple hours, I cannot get out fast <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> I can only imagine. I know. I totally love that. I know you, you wrote an essay, I don't know, not not too long ago about self-care. And yeah. I just totally, oh my goodness, kitty, just so resonated with that. I mean, I had... Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? No, like X, Y, and Z. These things do not fill my tank, like at all. Mm-hmm. Things that you would think maybe mm-hmm. would, like time away or mm-hmm. massages or pedicures or, right. you know, trips or, you know, having a girl's night or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I really mm-hmm. had to do this big, like, evaluation of, I don't know, mm-hmm. myself and, you know, my how my soul was feeling. And I was like, wow, these things mm-hmm. really don't do it for me and for sure what does it for me is just you know sitting um with the Lord and journaling and writing mm-hmm. and playing my worship music as loud as I possibly can to wake no one else up but really yep. just changes my heart more than anything else um mm-hmm. so I just loved your words and I was like, mm-hmm. yes, that's it like you know I because I really I had people coming up to me and be like, oh did you just did you just love you? Was that just so refreshing for you? Like, I'm so glad you had that time. And I'm like, no, it actually wasn't refreshing at all. Like actually Uh it was really tiring. And yeah, I Mm -hmm. think it's just so important. Like the older I get, the more I realize how important that time with the Lord Mm -hmm. is and how desperately you need his words. Yeah. Amen. Sister, like desperation, (laughs)
0: desperation and if anything makes you feel desperate it's motherhood yeah. it's parenting yeah these little people that you just love so fiercely that you want to protect and and yet at the same time they're sassing you or they're yeah. being disrespectful and it's just a hard tension to live in I love you so much but I'm so frustrated with you yeah. right now and um for sure and I heard once Elise, that there's a difference between self-care is like soul care right that is that is time with Jesus. That is prayer. That's writing. That is filling my life with good words, good influences, good mm-hmm. podcasts, all that stuff. That is self care. And then self comfort. Hmm. And the self comfort is, you know, it's a pedicure. It's a massage. And we all like, yeah. We all like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are treats. But I think we do ourselves a disservice when we say, I just need that. Yeah. We can be Self comfort can take place every now and then and we're good. We're good with just little every every couple weeks or months, but self care needs to happen every day as a mom, you know, so that we can care well for the little ones God's entrusted us with. Yeah. That's so good.
1: Okay. Katie, Mm -hmm. my last question for you. What are three of your favorite,
0: favorite things right now? It could be anything. Okay. Cold brew coffee from Trader Joe's. Okay.
1: Okay. That's good stuff.
0: Always and every day, even in the winter, I am an iced coffee drinker. Are you? Big time. Big time. I Because once I had that cold brew, I can't drink anything else. I'm such, <laughs> you such a snob. I am so hooked. Yeah. Trader Joe's cold brew coffee every single morning. Okay. How about grocery pickup at Fred Meyer? Amen. Click list. Order online. Pick it up. They put it in your car. I love Freddy's with all of my heart. That's awesome. And I mean- a friend of mine and I were joking the other day because it's like $4.95 to pay for the service. Yeah. And I said, I would pay $25 for that service. <laughs> I mean, to not have to get my kids in the cart and especially in the winter with snow and ice on the ground. Thank you, Jesus, for a <laughs> gr- shriek for a click list. <laughs> click list. Yeah. And then another thing I'm, I'm loving is my sweet friend, Sarah, who is also a writer on the Coffee and Crumbs team. And she, I had mentioned somewhere that I was just loving this black soft cardigan from Athleta, and she, a sweet friend, ordered it and it showed up on my front porch Aww. and it is the softest, coziest thing I have ever worn and everybody all winter is probably going to see me in this black soft cardigan. I love it. I'm kind of obsessed. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to go look at that now. Because there you go. Super cozy. It's, a, it's a bit of a splurge but it's amazing but worth it it's one of those self comfort (laughs) items this is a self comfort item that I can yes proudly endorse I love that (laughs) that's awesome
1: Katie thank you so much for chatting with me and coming on the show and just your words of encouragement for everyone that's been amazing
0: thanks for having me Elise keep doing this great work thank you
1: I'm so thankful for Katie, for the words she shares and for the encouragement she brings to so many people. I loved what she shared about walking this journey with her son, Cannon, and how that has really changed her faith. God is always just so faithful to work out everything for his glory. God is surely using Katie and her family to make God great in the lives of those around her. I mean, couldn't you guys just see that? I so enjoyed our talk about the difference between self-care and self-comfort. I pray you all that you experience both self-care and a little self-comfort this week. You deserve both. I wanted to read from James 5 to you guys this week. I know I don't normally do this, but gosh, the word of God is just so huge and so crucial to our daily lives and especially with thanksgiving coming i know there are a lot of families who who really are struggling who really have a lot to manage and a lot on their plate and i've just found this so encouraging this week and and thought i might share it with you james 5 we'll start in verse 7 says Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the Lord is coming near. Verse 11 says, We give great honor to those who endure suffering. For instance, you know about a man named Job with great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Verse 13 says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well and if you have committed any sins you will be forgiven confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results and i just wanted to leave you with these verses this week i know that sometimes these seasons are really trying and i don't know about you but um When I'm in a hard spot or a hard season or a trial, I just want it to be over with. I really do. I, you know, in my journals and writing and praying to the Lord, I'm like, God, can we just get through it? Can we just be done with this already? And I think the Lord's really been speaking to me that at least just have some patience. I need you to have a little endurance. I know that there's more in you. I know that you can do this and you're gonna be okay because the truth is is that I have never left you and I have never forsaken you and I've been with you all along. So just sit with me in this. And I think sometimes, especially in these hard seasons, um, and one of them may be Thanksgiving and maybe it's that you're sick or you have a loved one that's sick um, or you have a strained relationship with a family member. And sometimes that's just hard to sit in and that's just hard um, to get through. And I think the Lord is just wants you to know this week that he is with you in it and he wants to sit with you in it and he wants you to pray and he wants you to have that earnest prayer and to know that he will be there with tender mercies and he will never ever leave you thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show i have just loved every single message y'all have sent me it really does mean so much to me i read them all and i appreciate your kind words for those of you who haven't had a chance to leave me a review on itunes i would be so so thankful if you'd be willing to do that this week it just takes a few minutes and those reviews really do help people find the show because especially for people like me who have a new show out there iTunes has crazy algorithms, you guys, and this really does help people find the show and be encouraged by these stories. I would so, so appreciate it. If you would like to share your birth story on the show or know a friend who has an encouraging story to share, please email me at Elise at EliseMarsh.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. For those of you who are new to the show, or maybe you're thinking about becoming pregnant, or you have a friend who's pregnant, which probably is the case for many of you, I have created a resource just for you. Head on over to my website, EliseMarsh.com, and sign up for my free six-day email course designed to help you have the best birth experience possible. I share tons and tons of great info, you guys, and resources with you in that course you'll you'll go ahead and see a tiny little green box down at the bottom of your screen enter your email address and you are set I shared with you all last week that I'm offering a FaceTime childbirth class for those of you who are not in this area, but you're listening to the podcast now. You get me for five hours, and we chat about anything and everything you've ever wanted to know about pregnancy, labor and delivery, and childbirth. It's a whole lot of fun. Trust me. Head on over to my website, elicemarsh.com, and send me a message for more info. I also have a few spots left for mamas who are pregnant looking for doula services this spring and summer. So don't delay if you're hoping to have a doula and you are local to the Tacoma area. I would love, love to chat with you. For resources or links and all the goodies we talked about in today's show, especially that Athleta cardigan. Y'all know you want that one. Christmas is coming head on over to the show notes page over at elisemarsh.com slash podcast. You'll see some great photos and links and all kinds of goodies there. It's all written down. So don't worry while you're doing your dishes or laundry or driving. You don't have to remember I have done the work for you. Head on over to elisemarsh.com slash podcast and it will all be there for you once again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I wouldn't be here if you weren't listening. So I appreciate you share the show with a friend and I will see you back here next week. Have a great Thanksgiving, you guys. I pray you are blessed this week.